You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. Broadcasting from a hidden rebel fortress long forgotten since the days of the Clone Wars, Commanders Michael Cohen, Matthew Krenke, and their daring crew lead a rebel cell dedicated to bringing you stories of adventure and excitement from across the galaxy. Join them for tales of heroes from the dawn of the Resistance stretching back to the Old Republic. Tales of Jedi and Sith, Rebels and Imperials, technological terrors, and fantastic creatures. Legends so great, you won't believe them. But it's true. All of it. So what are you waiting for? Strap in and get ready to make the jump with Rebel Cells, the Star Wars animation podcast. Hello and welcome back to Rebel Cells, the Star Wars animation podcast for the Clone Wars episode Shattered. I am one of your hosts, Michael Cohen, and with me, as always, my faithful co-pilot, Matt the Crankster Cranky. Yo, it's time. Here we are, Mike. Uh, Bittersweet. As of this recording, we're doing Shattered, uh, like you said, but we've actually seen everything. So it'll be hard to kind of go through this, you know, and not spoil too much. But hey, we got the time. Might as well. We were thought, hey, split it up. No big deal. You know, it's yeah. not like we're in any hurry. So, yeah, here we are talking shattered. Looking forward to it, man. But uh, what yeah. is going on in the news? Some good stuff, I see. Yeah, good stuff in the news. Uh, obviously, it was it was Star Wars Day. Um, the The reason why we're not doing the back to back double episode is because the episode recap for the the episode guide for Victory and Death isn't out yet. Um, but I, uh, we're not going to let that stop us. We wanted to get an episode out to you guys this week, so we're just doing Shattered. Um, and in fact, we're not even going to wait for the episode guide to drop. We've got Kyle Avery right now writing a recap for Victory and Death. He offered to do that. Um, uh, and I, I was like, hey, man, it, it's not a big deal. Like We can wait. It's, we're going to split the episodes up. And he was like, no, no, no. I want to do this, um, yeah. and so and he his his thought process was it's the last episode of Clone Wars, sort of uh, for old time's sake he would jump in and write a recap, so we greatly appreciate that, um, and uh, yeah, and I'm really yeah, looking forward sure. to that. It'll be a really nice way to close out the Clone Wars uh, on our next episode. So, um, but this week we're going to talk about Shattered. Before we do that. Let's uh, let's let's talk about these these couple of pieces of news. Uh, I'm actually gonna I'm gonna call an audible. I'm gonna switch these around. We'll talk about Fallen Order last. Okay. Um, first, let's talk about. Uh, let's just we're gonna do these in, in reverse order. Actually, uh, Leslie okay. Headland uh, is uh, is uh, uh, essentially uh, show running a Disney Plus series uh, for Star Wars. Um, this was announced on on Monday, and I. I 
Leslie Headland, the the showrunner and executive producer for uh, Russian Doll, which I still haven't watched. It's no, on my list. It's one of those ones that I keep meaning to get into, and I know that it's a quick one. Um, so I'm sure that now I have very good reason to jump into it. So I will do that in the near future. But um, obviously, critically acclaimed, um, huge, huge deal. Uh, what a great what a great person to be bringing in to, to uh, show run a star Wars property. Very cool. Um, that this will, this will be the first one, um, that's, that's written and executive produced by, uh, by a woman. So that's a, I think that that's a pretty big deal. That's a pretty cool thing. Um, and it's not just, I, I know that like some people kind of have that reaction and, and get, I don't know, like all defensive or whatever about it. Uh, uh, when when a woman is announced for something like this, um, particularly with Star Wars, it drives me nuts. I don't understand it. But um, my thing is that like it's not about. It's great that she is a woman because she's going to bring a different perspective to Star Wars. Um, and we got a we have so many stories told by men from male perspective, male mm-hmm. from the, the male gaze perspective. And that's not a bad thing. Um, in fact, we're going to talk about one that is awesome. That has a great female character um, in a minute, but, but it's, it's, it's still, it's not the same thing. Mm-hmm. And it's not that they're, it's bad to have more stories by men. We have those already. We have so many of those already. Let's get something different. Right. Um, so I think this is a really good thing. Um, and, but aside from the fact that, that Leslie Headland is a woman, I uh, critically acclaimed, like, come on, like Russian doll was a huge deal when it came out. Um, and, and beloved by a lot of people, I, I, this is good news. This is nothing but good news. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know. What, what do you think about this one? So, yeah. And, and the thing is, like, I have no idea who this is. Like, I don't I haven't watched Russian Doll, but I've definitely heard of it. So just the fact that I've I've heard of something. Yeah. It's like, OK, this has got some kind of a weight to it. It's got there's something good about it because I've heard about it. I've heard people talk about it. And I, I think what the problem was. And, and here's what I heard a lot of people talking about online was they didn't have a problem with the this person being in charge of something, you know, no big deal. You know, I think the problem was that people had was they let off with the story as it's a female centric um, story or, and, and yeah. it's almost like they were focusing on the female led thing and, and not just, Hey, here's a series with this new creator. And I, that was kind of like the, the arguments I heard going back and forth. I even heard like, these female uh, female um, person in the in on YouTube in the industry even had an issue with like why are we focusing on female led you know what I mean and I, I can understand that argument too it's like let's just let this lady have her 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 thing speak for itself we don't have to sure so you know what I mean that's kind of where like speaking on the like the devil's advocate thing yeah. side of it like showing the other side but you know I, it's like all yeah. these series I'm 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 on I'm on the thing like. You know, if I'm not necessarily interested in it, like the Rogue One, not the Rogue One, the Cassian Andor thing, this is what I said before. It's like, yeah. I'm willing to, I'm, I'm going to watch this thing. And if you blow my mind, I'm going to be like, dude, that's awesome. 
You know, yeah. not that I'm super excited about Castellano, but if they blow me away, I'm all for it. You know, I'm not gonna, yeah, I'm not gonna bag on it. So, yeah, that was just my reading of it. I don't know if you have any other thoughts about that. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think, I think that in in the the climate that we're in in 2020, that that it does. I think it does still need to be stated. I, I don't think that we're at that point. It's not 50 50 in Hollywood yet. It's it's in fact uh, skewed very much in favor of men. So um, so I do think st- think we're still in that period of time. And I know that people want to act like we're not, mm-hmm. but but we are. We are still in the period of time where it is a big deal. Um, and I think that there is. Th- here's the thing. There's a very large contingent of Star Wars fans that um, that are asking for this kind of content. Mm-hmm. So even if if this doesn't speak to you, this is kind of to what you were saying of like the casting Andor thing doesn't really you know uh, light your fire that much. But if it's right. good, it's good, right? Yeah. Right. Um, so not everybody wants every piece of Star Wars content to be for them, right? To be. Yeah to be the Star Wars the piece of Star Wars content that they want it to be. And that's that's fine, but understand that's not what it's going to be. Mm-hmm. Not every single piece of Star Wars content is going to be for you. Right. Star Wars Resistance was not for you and I. It it never really connected, right? For sure. We for had sure. a good time with it, but yeah. it never really connected. Yeah. That doesn't okay. as I've yeah. said a million times, that doesn't mean that resistance was bad. Right? Mm-hmm. It means that resistance was for a different audience than us. Coming back into the Clone Wars, this was for us. Like this wasn't like, oh, this is something that is really good that we'll enjoy. No. Yeah. This final season of Clone Wars was for you and I. <laughs> right? Like <laughs> like yeah. for the hardcore uh, Clone Wars uh and and specifically Clone Wars and and Star Wars Rebels devotees, right? Like, like like this was for us, and that's cool, and that's awesome, and it's exciting, and it makes watching Clone Wars that much more fun. It, but it's not necessarily for everybody at the same time, right? Like, not everybody is into the Clone Wars, and that's it's okay. It's okay mm-hmm. for people to want certain things. Mm-hmm. Um, the the I'll bring it back to to Leslie Highland Headland. I. The, the I think the reason why Lucasfilm and Disney focus on that aspect of it as an announcement of like this is a female centric, uh, a female led project, is because as I said, there's a very large contingent of Star Wars fans, much bigger than I think a lot of people realize. Certainly, much bigger than a lot of people want to recognize. That this matters to them. This is very specifically like a, hey, we've heard you. Uh, we said mm-hmm. we were going to do better in the future. This is us doing better. Here it is, right? Um, because I would say, like, on the second announcement that we're going to talk about, that's not a focus, right? right. So sure. it's like yeah. it, these two things were, were announced hand in hand, and one of them was announced as, like, hey, like I said, like, we heard you. Here it is. We're working on this. Um and and I'll also point out that Leslie Headland, uh, there people like sort of dug up uh, stuff of her, and and this has been rumored for about the last two or three weeks that that she's been in talks with Lucasfilm. So this is really confirmation more than just a straight up announcement. Um, mm-hmm. 
and people have been digging up like footage of her like on red carpets and stuff and saying like hey uh, there's one of her at the rise of skywalker premiere that's like hey if if you could write star wars would you and she was she's like are you kidding me yes of course right like (laughs) like she's like i i think that we've got a bona fide fan um and i don't really know that much about her yet other than these these pieces that i've seen online on social media and whatnot so um, this is all kind of uh, like developing, unfolding, right? But from from the impression that I get, we're talking about a fan. We're talking about a Star Wars fan. It's not like they just grabbed a woman who was successful and said, "Make a Star Wars," right? Mm-hmm. Like like they they uh, Kathleen Kennedy. I tweeted this on on Star Wars Day because somebody had like tweeted like a hey like here's an appreciation tweet for Kathleen Kennedy and I retweeted it and added the comment of like people are really quick to attribute all of the things that they don't like or all of the things mm-hmm. that are quote unquote bad to one person while simultaneously ignoring or or intentionally uh, downplaying all of the stuff that's good right I uh, sure rise of skywalker if you don't like it like i don't i'm uh, not don't like it if you have problems with it like i do i mm-hmm. uh, then i yeah kathleen kennedy is responsible for that right mm-hmm. but i only say that because kathleen kennedy is also responsible for the last jedi and the force awakens as well as solo and rogue one mm-hmm. those all happened under her watch right so did star wars rebels so did resistance so did Forces of Destiny, which is awesome. So did the Freemaker Adventures, which we love. Uh, I actually just started rewatching it with Kara today, and oh, she's nice. into it instantly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like I, I, you have to take the good with the bad. You can't just say, "Oh, Kathleen Kennedy is responsible for everything yeah. bad about Disney Star Wars." It's like, yeah, but she's also responsible for everything good, if that's how you're going to play it, right? Sure, yeah, it goes both ways. So I think that, like, Kathleen Kennedy definitely is looking at at all of these projects, and, and, like, I think that she is doing the best that she can, and she's doing a pretty damn good job of developing good projects. Mm -hmm. Um, Have you watched uh, uh, the Disney Gallery Mandalorian episode one, the the first chapter? Yeah. Yeah. So like if you, when you watch that, it's like, it's, it's very clear that Kathleen Kennedy's not in it a whole bunch. No, it's really focused on John Favreau and the directors, but she is there and there is sort of a tone of like, well, she brought in John and then, and then let John do what he was going to do. And he hired good people. Right. And that's exactly like that's that is her job. It's her job to find these different pieces of talent. And then those different pieces of talent are going to then bring on their talent. Right. And that and and so things are going to be executed to varying degrees based on that. Kathleen Kennedy is not saying, like, make sure that Ben Solo dies at the end of Rise of Skywalker. That's Mm -hmm. not her job. She's not she's not. I don't think getting that involved. I think that definitely when when things have gone off the rails as they have with some of these projects, it's her job to come in and go, okay, we're going to pull you back and put somebody else in instead. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, or straight up cancel stuff like they did with Trank's project, right? Right, yeah. Um, yeah. It, it's, yeah, I, I think that 
when you look at this slate, when you when you look at these two projects that we're that we're talking about, the Leslie Headland one, I keep wanting to say Highland, uh, Leslie Headland, and um, and and we're going to talk in a second about Taika Waititi and Christy Wilson Karens. Uh, you're talking about like these are these are all very accomplished people. She is doing the best job that she can to pull in the best and brightest talent and set them loose in star wars um and you know like it's it's uh it's it's gonna be successful to varying degrees but i like the the she's doing this very differently than kevin feige is with with marvel right and and i think that that's that's the thing that that i think that we could that there's room for discussion for a conversation about but is she doing a good job i think she's doing a good job i think some of the people that she's brought in have done a less than perfect job i think that she brought jj abrams back and jj abrams brought chris terrio in and i think like that's the it's it's like a a a degree removed from kathleen kennedy of like jj wanted to work with chris terrio on rise of skywalker chris terrio is is the element in in that movie that that makes it different from the other ones mm-hmm. right yeah. um which to the same in the same vein like like ryan johnson writing and directing the last jedi that's the different element in that one that's why that one's so different but anyways i i I don't know i think that this is great i think that that um that that she's gonna do good things for for star wars and disney plus clearly she's got a very innovative way of looking at um uh streaming platforms and and the way that you you uh, create a show for a streaming platform, yeah, yeah, and I think right. that that's the piece that we need to talk about the most is like Russian Doll is is somewhat unique on on Netflix, and Netflix, like I said, yeah. it's really hard for me to talk about it without having seen it. So hopefully, I'll have watched it by the by the time that we start really talking about this stuff, and we'll talk more about this stuff on Faster, More Intense yeah. after um, Clone Wars is is wrapped up next week so we'll be coming back uh, in a few weeks with with faster more intense and this will definitely be one of those topics that we bring in and she's got 13 that show was nominated i didn't know this 13 emmy awards which okay i'm I'm not saying like just because it's an emmy nominated show i'm just saying like 13 emmy nominations that's i mean that's something you know what i mean like obviously they're doing something right over there so you got to look at that and go okay this is this is pretty legit right here so yeah, man. Let's uh, let's see what happens. I'm all for it. You know, you know. Yeah, that's, that's the way I always am. Um, but let's man, talk, yeah. Let's talk about house. this other one because this other yeah. one, this other one Woo. is the is the heavy hitter, right? So yeah. Taika Waititi and Christy Wilson Cairns are uh, uh, co-writing a Star Wars film that Taika Waititi will direct. Um, this is a huge deal. This is a big man. one. This is a big wow. One. Right? Yeah. Uh, hopefully, Cassie's not too loud there in the background. Uh, she's not having a good time. Uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, she's not excited about Taika. She doesn't really like his sense of humor. She thinks that he's a little too absurdist. But, yeah. uh, you know, there's no accounting for taste. She she doesn't really understand how these things work yet. Um, but, uh, yeah, man, Taika Waititi uh, obviously directed the, the uh, season finale of Mandalorian. Um, and, uh, like I said, that Disney gallery... Uh, Mandalorian chapter one uh, uh, episode talking about the directors. Uh, 
you can kind of get a sense for how he's going to approach Star Wars. Um, if you think that Dave Filoni and John Favreau aren't going to be involved with the breaking of this story, and and if he's not like he is going to be asking Dave questions yeah. throughout this process, it was very clear. I mean, if anything from that Disney gallery, which again we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about Disney gallery on faster, more intense in a few weeks. But okay, yeah. Um, so I don't want to get too into it, but but just in relation to Taika, like it was very clear that everybody has a lot of respect and sort of reverence for for Dave, um, and uh, and 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 the work that he's done and uh, and his knowledge base, and that he is the go-to guy. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I I I'm excited, man. I'm excited for this. And then Christy Wilson Cairns, who uh, meant oh dang, it was in my head and I just lost it. Um, she just she just won an Academy Award, yeah, uh, for writing. So, uh, it's easy to find her on IMDb because her name Christy is spelled with a Y. Y, <laughs> uh, two Ys, in fact. Um, yeah. I, yeah. Nineteen seventeen. Is that what she won for? Oh, that's right. Nineteen seventeen. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, right. um, obviously, nineteen seventeen being a a, a war. Epic, yeah. Um, what I wonder what angle they're gonna take. That like mm. it's really interesting because you. I don't think you could find two tones that are more juxtaposed than Taika Waititi. Let's let's go with his last three movies: uh, uh, Thor Ragnarok, uh, Hunt for the Wilder People, and uh, What We Do in the Shadows. So those are his last three. Um, well, Jojo Rabbit too. Oh, and Jojo Rabbit. Sorry, Jojo Rabbit would be one. Last three, yeah. Um, yeah. Look at the tone of those, and then look at the tone of of this of of, of nineteen seventeen, um, and then she she uh, wrote nine episodes of Penny Dreadful, mm-hmm. um, so like, yeah, that's yeah, that's a that's definitely a it's definitely a tone <laughs> uh, that's a little <laughs> bit different from what we expect from Taika, so. It'd be interesting to see how those things balance out, but they're writing together, which is also interesting. Yeah. Um, I but I yeah man, let's get let's get more of those Marvel directors in the Star Wars. <laughs> uh, in, yeah. In the Star Wars. Yeah. Uh, uh, playroom and uh, and see what they do, but yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. it was a shock, not a shock, but it was a, a surprise when we learned that he was going to be doing something in The Mandalorian. Turned yeah. out, you know, it did a fabulous job there, obviously. Uh, and then, Joe, you know, Jojo Rabbit was his last movie that he won the Academy Award for Best Adapted Screenplay. It, it was nominated for Best Picture. So, I mean, this dude is legit. And then I go, I, I didn't see Jojo Rabbit. I did see, however, Thor Ragnarok, uh, my favorite of the Thor series. And I just thought he brought... If he brings what he did to, to Thor, it's kind of the same sort of yeah. genre there. It was just that the action with the comedy, um, and some of that too is Chris Helmsworth. Don't get me wrong, but what he brought between those two to have the action and the comedy played together so well, it's like wow, man. This is uh, you know, and plus what he did, like I said, the Mandalorian, awesome cat or awesome director to come in. I'm so excited to see what he's going to do. And and the the thing with these two projects we just talked about, no idea what they are yet. No clue. I mean, we're totally no in the details. dark. You know, he's got Love and Thunder coming out in 2022. I think it got pushed to 2022. Yeah. 
that was supposed to be the next Star Wars movie, according to Iger back, you know, months and months ago when they announced the projects. I don't know if that's going to work out now anymore with him doing Love and Thunder. I don't know how this is going to work. Um, hopefully we'll find out more if Celebration still happens. I don't know. Um, but yeah, it's uh, yeah, we're, everything's like up in the air now. We know it's coming. We know there's a couple series, Disney Plus series, Taika Waititi. have no clue what they're doing. So it'll be fun to kind of speculate what's going to happen with, with him. But yeah, Mike, it's it's good news, man. Good stuff, yeah. man. Obviously, great, great, great news. So um, the last thing we got is something that I had no idea. I guess I'm going to have to dust off the old PlayStation and jump on Fallen Order. What's going on here? Yeah, so Jedi Fallen Order got a free update for all players. Um, I, and uh, the update includes um, finally, finally New Game Plus. So you can go back through and play the story again, but with all of the cosmetics unlocked. So oh, okay. Um, okay. obviously you can't go through with all of your force powers and everything because those are are story driven. Because um, mm-hmm. if they just let you start with push then and pull and everything, you would just yeah you ju- yeah. you could just go sh- well, almost like straight to the end of the game. Yeah. Um, so obviously you need to you need to gain those as you go through. But um, but yeah, you can have all of your unlockables. Awesome. Um, which is really cool because then you can you don't have to worry. Well, you build your lightsaber the right way the first time. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are two new lightsaber sets um, I, for the cosmetics that are just unlocked automatically. You can also change your appearance uh, to the um, to the Inquisitor version of of Cal, um, I, and I, I, so he can be he can be a, a, a Sith Inquisitor. Okay. Um, Imperial Inquisitor, whatever. I mm-hmm. uh, and uh, and then there is some new gameplay stuff. So there are uh, challenge rooms, which is cool because uh, it'll allow you to um, uh, get back in there and 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 actually play some more game. And uh, hopefully, like for me, I'm gonna use it to to hopefully get. Uh, I'm only I'm four trophies away from platinum, or three oh. trophies away, and then the platinum. So uh-huh. four trophies left, and uh, and then I've got all the trophies in the game. So, nice. um, so my intent is to jump back in there. I've already restart. I've started a new story because I wanted to replay the story, especially once I beat it, going back in and playing it again, because mm-hmm. um, it is my favorite Star Wars story of 2019. I thought that it was yeah. phenomenal. Um, mm-hmm. If you haven't played it, I I would say go pick it up. Yeah. Um, and uh, but yeah, I, it's it's great because it's free to everybody, which is really cool. Um, but I mean, man, I was really hoping that along with that we'd get the announcement of uh, Fallen Order too. But I think, <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, like I, it's coming. I yeah. expect oh, it's definitely coming because the game was yeah. a huge success. Yeah. Um, but uh, I I expect that we'll probably actually hear something within the next month or two. We would have heard at uh, at E three. But um, I'll tell you why we're not hearing anything about it yet. And it's because it's going to be on next-gen consoles. It's going to be on the PS5 and the the Xbox Series X, right? So um, it's one of those things where it's like, I I would wager Microsoft has already kind of um, come out swinging with a lot of their exclusives. Mm. And EA, Star Wars, and Sony have kind of had a pretty good partnership going. Uh, on the PS4, so I think that they'll probably, uh, I, 
they'll, they'll probably do some sort of a, not an exclusivity deal necessarily. I think it'll come out on all platforms at the same time, but you'll get a, a, like a sort of better on PlayStation type of marketing approach. Mm. Um, uh, and, and it'll be part of the PS5 reveal event. That's yeah. that's my guess is that that's one of the reasons why we haven't heard anything is because Sony and, and EA and Lucasfilm have made a deal already to say, like, we're going to announce this as as, you know, play it best played on the PS5 sort of thing. Uh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, that I expect to, to hear about a Fallen Order 2 very soon. Um, whatever yeah. that ends up being, it'll be it'll be, actually be Star Wars Jedi to colon whatever it's called. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, I um, uh, but yeah, I uh, uh, yeah, man. Uh, okay, I guess I got really a, exciting. Yeah, I guess I got like I said, I got a dust it off. It's uh, I actually finished the game. Fantastic game. I uh, you know. Admittedly, I had to have a couple of uh, a little bit of help from my youngest son uh, getting through <laughs> some of the puzzles. Uh, but yeah, wow, what a fun game! And and this time I'm going to try to go back through like you're doing. I'm going to do it again and then try to play it as I think it was. It starts off with like Apprentice, then it goes to Jedi Knight and then Master, right? It's it's Story Mode Jedi oh, Knight, story and mode, Jedi Master, and then Grandmaster. Grandmaster, okay, yeah. yeah. I got to try that next level because. Um, yeah, just to try to challenge myself again, since I kind of know some of the, obviously know you know what to do now. Uh, so yeah, don't don't be too over. Although one thing I'll say to everybody is don't be too overconfident jumping yeah. back in, <laughs> thinking like, oh, well, I played through this, like I beat yeah. the game, I know that I'm a pretty good fighter. Um, y- you will get destroyed very early on in the game, even in Jedi Knight. Um, yeah. Yeah. because it's meant to be a punishing game so like until you <laughs> yeah. unlock some of the some of the force tree uh like the 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 force skill tree i i you're gonna get you're gonna get destroyed by things yeah. i um, found out real quick when i i thought oh i'm gonna start off in jedi knight mode and i was like yeah. okay i gotta <laughs> let's go back to story mode never mind uh yeah, yeah. anyway yeah good good stuff all right i guess um you ready to hit the episode yeah let's jump in let's uh let's have a, a quick ad and then, uh, and then we're going to jump into the episode. I was hoping for Kenobi. Why are you here? They call themselves the Bad Batch. Jedi, your nobility is a weakness. I don't have such weaknesses. War does not come with a guarantee. No soldier gets the promise of safety. Soon, the galaxy will be remade. Hello, Master. It's been a while. Now it's time for the Clone Wars recap. So, yes, sir! Okay, here we go. Shattered, uh, directed by Saul Ruiz and written, of course, by Dave Filoni, the penultimate episode of Star Wars The Clone Wars. Uh, following the capture of Maul and a victory in the Siege of Mandalore, a calm washes over the planet's city streets. Bo-Katan greets Ahsoka, and they discuss the future of Mandalore. 
but the Togruta is soon pulled away to a conference with the Jedi. Um, before we get into the Jedi part of it, let's just talk really quickly about this awesome uh, box that they put Maul in. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So good. It's so good. Mm-hmm. Um, is that, yeah, because that's where we're at right now, right? Oh, well, no, we're going to talk about no. that later. We're going to talk about it's that. It's coming later. up. All right. Yeah. All right. We'll talk about that in a second. Go ahead. Yeah. You go ahead. Continue with this. Okay. Yeah. I just to say, like, yeah. you know, this first and this first uh, is just kind of introducing us to kind of the aftermath. And I was kind of a little shocked that um, the siege was kind of quick. But once you get to these two episodes, you understand yeah. why the siege was kind of quick. And and just the fact that here's, um, you know, Bo-Katan and Ahsoka talking, and she says, your people need a new kind of, of leader. Um, so we're going to get that kind of we kind of see what happens with, with Bo-Katan as a leader. Um, and here's Ahsoka saying, you know, you kind of kind of go it a different way. But it's a, an interesting, interesting comic because we do kind of see where she ends up. Um, but, yeah, let's all continue, Mike. In a, in a secret meeting, uh, here we go, Mace Windu reveals that he senses a plot to destroy the Jedi. The dark side of the Force surrounds the Chancellor, he says. As Ahsoka joins him, she informs the Council that she has captured Maul and she and uh, Rex will soon... Uh, deliver him. Um, so obviously we got the meeting here, Micah. This is exactly coming from uh, Revenge of the Sith and what's going on and exactly where we are in the timeline. Actually, you want to you wanna do that next? Um, yeah, sure. Because it kind of works together. Go ahead. Uh, Ahsoka asks for Anakin, but Windu has just sent the Jedi to tell Palpatine that they've located General Grievous. Tano expresses some optimism that destroying Grievous could mean the end of the war. That depends on the Chancellor, Windu replies, though he will discuss matters no further with Ahsoka, who is not a Jedi. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Mace being real cold. And yeah, attached. isn't he? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know a lot of people are like, man, Mace is such a jerk, you know. Um, but yeah, here's the thing, Mike. Like, okay, you got Mace, Kiati Mooney, I believe that was Isla, what was that? Isla Sakura? Yeah. Was that her? Yeah. Yoda. Um, and here's Ahsoka saying, you know, I did my sit- my duty as a citizen. She kind of makes that makes that known, like, hey, I'm just a citizen. And Yoda goes, not as a Jedi, almost like questioning. Like, I, I almost think, like, do you think Yoda was like, she's back in, you know, like here she is, she's she's coming back. I almost kind of get got that vibe from Yoda, uh, but she's like, no, you know, not. She oh, she says not yet. So I'm thinking, like, is she getting the like, is she getting that vibe, you know, to get back in the order? Is is this going to, like, change her mind? And obviously we know what happens here at the end. But that was one of the questions that I had coming into this first part of this this uh, this episode was, was her. Yeah. And uh, she wants to talk to Anakin or Obi-Wan. And again, that's what I was thinking. Like, does she want to talk to Anakin and, and maybe asking his advice on, like, you know, maybe I do want to get back in. Maybe it is time for me to, to kind of finish out here. Maybe that was a mistake, me leaving. I don't know. It's kind of something maybe we, that can be debated. Uh, I don't, you have any thoughts on her, on her line there? Maybe she wants back in. Did you get that vibe at all? I, I did, yeah. I, I, I got the impression that, that she she had walked away from the Order um, mm-hmm. because of what had happened and, and the war and whatnot. And... Um, I think that her experience with the with the Martez sisters sort of um, mm. was pushing her back in that direction, and then having accomplished this, um, and and sort of 
I, I think that Anakin's final words to her, along with the, um, the actions of the clones, um, their loyalty, uh, yeah. showed her that, um, that, that maybe it wasn't all lost. Maybe it wasn't all so bad. So, um, yeah. So yeah, I do. Th- I do think that she was going to go back, but I think that she wanted to go back on her own terms, and yeah. I think that one of the very clear aspects of it was that um, she, or clear to me at least, that she she almost felt a duty to return to the Jedi Order after what the Martez sisters had said. Yeah, that's yeah, a great about point. like there you go. about yeah. like look, uh, you know, we have our problem with the Jedi, but. But you are definitely an example of what they should be. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I think that that I mean, like, obviously, the the insight there is is uh, is is palpable to to Star Wars fans who have the meta knowledge of everything that happens and everything that that uh, will come to happen with Ahsoka. But um, but I think for her, it's a it's a bit of a it's a bit of an epiphany, a bit of a revelation of like, oh, yeah. Just because the order is flawed doesn't mean that you throw the baby out with the bathwater, which is kind of what she did. Yeah. And I think that she made the right choice. Mm-hmm. I think ultimately, like she made she made the right decision for her in that moment, and it was definitely um, it was a lesson that the Jedi Council needed to heed. They didn't, right? I, I like many things in the in the the lead up to the, to the conclusion of the war, uh, the Jedi seem to be making every wrong decision. Right. Um, and, and we know from, from Yoda's sojourn, uh, into the, the, the force and, uh, uh, his, his journey to the center of the galaxy and all that stuff. Um, that he comes out of that realizing like the Jedi are doomed. <laughs> like there's not really anything yeah. that anybody can do about it. And mm-hmm. it makes it, it makes the, the, the moment between uh, Ahsoka and Yoda in this very poignant, because mm-hmm. I think that Yoda, I honestly think that Yoda knows what's coming. <laughs> Um, I think that that's one of the reasons why he survives. Um, That's kind of, that's ever since season six of clone wars, that's always kind of been my read on it. The reason why he's able to get the jump on Gree uh, is because, is is because he, he knows even at this point Mm. that like something is about to happen. He doesn't know the details, so he's not able to stop it, but he does and then May says, you know, like I sent a plot to destroy the Jedi and all of that stuff. And and I think that that puts into Yoda's head of like something is about to happen. It, like the this the next sort of 24 hours are going to spell the, the, the end of the Jedi Order unless others make the right decisions. And he kind of can't affect it. Um, and so that moment between the two of them after all of the other council members leave the call uh and 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 it's just ahsoka and yoda Mm -hmm. um they don't even really say anything to each other that much like there's actually there's a there for the last one like the second last episode of an action-packed series 
there's a very long silence between the two of them. Oh, yeah. As Yoda yeah. just looks at her, and she just looks back, and then, you know, she's like, oh, I'll just tell Anakin myself when I see him. Mm-hmm. And it, it, I, there's no way to read Yoda in that other than him knowing that the end is coming. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it just, I, 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 for me, that's what that is, is, is like, you know, he had his whole, his whole vision and everything at the end of that, that arc in season six. And, and he's recognizing like, this is probably it. This is the Mm. moment we've been (laughs) spread thin. Uh, we've put Anakin in this horrible position. Um, and I, I do think that Yoda knows that like, it kind of all hinges on Anakin. And I think that, like we talked about last week with with Obi-Wan and Ahsoka putting their faith in Anakin, I think, like we see in Revenge of the Sith, I, I, Mace literally says that. Like, he says, like, you know, like, I'll put my trust in you. Mm-hmm. Um, I, he basically says, like, like you know, like, like, like if, you, if, if what you're saying is true, then... And like if this turns out to be true, then you'll have earned my trust, right? Like, uh, I, whereas ever, I, I think that that conversation is coming from the fact that like Yoda, Obi Wan, Ahsoka, others, they do trust Anakin. They 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 trust him immensely. Mm-hmm. Um, but but Mace never has since day one. We just watched uh, Phantom Menace on um, on Star Wars Day actually, because Car hasn't seen the prequels yet, so. We watched Phantom Menace, and uh, and it is interesting. Like from day one, Mace is like, "No, nope, I don't <laughs> like this kid. It's a yeah. bad idea. This is a bad idea." Yeah. Um. And Yoda, Yoda is obviously apprehensive and fearful, but I think comes to care for Anakin and and to trust him. Yeah. So they they put him in this position, kind of knowing that it could go wrong, but trusting that he'll do the right thing. And then obviously he doesn't, and that's where I think Yoda looks at it and goes, "Like I put my trust in the wrong, in the wrong person, in the wrong mm-hmm. man." And yeah, it was his responsibility not to, right? But there's also a. Uh, I was talking to Carl from the Wampus Layer about this. There's an element of it very similar to, uh, to to Judas Iscariot in the Bible, <laughs> in 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 I uh, uh, sort of that 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 those mm-hmm. last couple days uh of of Christ's life where it's like this is what's gonna happen. Like like yeah. I I yeah. just from a storytelling perspective, these two things are very similar. So wh- wh- however you feel about Christianity, I don't care. It's not it's not relevant to this. But from a storytelling perspective that's very similar to me, um where it's like I like Jesus knows he's gonna die. Right. Sure. Yeah. And mm-hmm. and he knows that like like he's like, you know, bef- like you like it, like it's it's him. It's like a, there's a bunch of betrayal that happens in, you like you like a, a denial, betrayal, all of it. And it's like and he says to everybody, it's like you're all going to play your parts. And and they're like in, to varying degrees. Everybody's like, no, that's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. And then what happens? It unfolds exactly the way that that he <laughs> says it's going to unfold. Right. Yeah. And and I think very much like Yoda is very much in the same position here where he's like 
this is going to be what it's going to be. And there's not really anything that I can do about it. Uh, I am just going, I just have to like play my part in this. The Jedi all have to play their part in it. That's, it's the, like that's that's what makes it a tragedy it's again like in an, another thing to parallel it to is hamlet right where um you see it throughout the story of hamlet if if someone had just made a better decision at any point in that story mm-hmm. maybe yeah. it would have turned out completely differently but mm-hmm. everybody is destined to just make these awful decisions one by one by one that lead them to the end of the play where spoilers for Hamlet, uh, everybody dies except for Horatio, right? Like he's just, and the only reason he doesn't die is because somebody has got to be there to say his line at the end of the movie, end (laughs) of the play. Um, I, so it's like, it's, it's very similar to that, right? Where it's like a, a, a tragedy is a tragedy and it's not that you don't see it coming. You do see it coming, but that's like a meta, textual meta narrative perspective that we have as an audience where we can go like oh just 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 do but to me it's one of the things when somebody says like the the prequels aren't good one of the things that i'll say to them is like yeah but how how do you feel when you watch revenge of the sith like when you get to the end of revenge of the sith and anakin starts like like in that moment when he shows up and mace has Palpatine against the ropes seemingly um that's up for debate but whatever uh and he's like he's too he's too dangerous to be left alive and it and it cuts over to Anakin and you can see the pain on his face of like he doesn't want he 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 doesn't know what decision to make and he can't choose but he has to choose Padme in his mind right mm-hmm. for yeah. me doesn't matter what the rest of the quality of the prequels is it makes no difference every time i get to that scene i always want him to do something (laughs) different yeah you're like come on i have watched that movie a hundred times at least i would imagine uh and every single time even when i just see the clip it even when i just talk about it with you right now it's like every time i want i want him to make a different decision Mm. That's what that's what makes it a tragic story. That's why it is the tragedy of Anakin Skywalker. Um, it, it like yeah, it's it. So all of this is just building to it, um, and and this scene with with Yoda and and Ahsoka for me is just it's so it's so perfectly punctuates that moment because. I don't think Ahsoka understands the severity of everything that's going on on Coruscant, right? Mm-hmm. She doesn't quite grasp the, the – the, and she's a lot younger, so I don't think she's going to. She's not meant to, as wise as she is, right? Um, but Yoda kind of has a fuller sense of the picture, and he's looking at it and going like, I wish that I could tell you what's happening – because maybe just maybe you're the only one who can stop it. Mm. Right. Um, But he doesn't say anything. Right. And to me, like, that's just, it's, uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, 
I'm a, yeah, yeah. Go when ahead, Yo- when Yoda exiles himself, he exiles himself for a reason, and I think it's because he looks back at these last few days of the Clone Wars and goes. I messed up. I messed up. I was just gonna say that. Yeah. It's not. It's not because people go like, "Oh, it's like yeah. he. Why didn't he try and fight? Like he could have. He could have come back, and they could have tried to fight Palpatine again." And it's like, no. It's like the he he doesn't give up. It's not that one thing. It's not being defeated by Palpatine. It's all of it. It's the weight of everything. And it's like, this is, it's already happened. The Jedi Order is already extinguished. They've already lost. The hope is we can defeat Palpatine and then at least the Sith won't be in control. Right? But there's no, there's no end game there for Yoda where it's like we defeat Palpatine and then the Jedi Order is reestablished. That's impossible. Like at that point, the like he's told everybody that you guys are traitors. If you were to execute him, <laughs> you'd be proving them right. Right. Yeah. Like, and I think at some point in that fight, he maybe realizes that and 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 goes like, "This is this is an unwinnable fight. Palpatine yeah. has won. He mm-hmm. has won." Yeah. And that's when he when he lives and he says to, to to Jimmy Smith, he's like, "Into exile, I must go." Like he's he's done. He's like this. It's I had my chance. It's, like, it's great. It parallels to Transformers of all things. Uh, Optimus <laughs> Prime uh, in in one of the movies, he's like when they're like, "Oh no, but we got to do this. We got to do that." What about Cybertron? And he turns to his his comrades and he goes, "Cybertron had its chance, right?" Like, like we have to protect earth now. Right. And it's that, it's that same sort of thing of like, I'm drawing a lot of parallels between things right now, <laughs> especially like, like it's great. Cause I'm drawing a parallel to transformers three dark of the moon. That's not crazy. a good movie. What not a good movie. About? Um, but that <laughs> moment with Optimus, I think is a good, yeah. that's a good storytelling beat because that is very much like, like I, I, sometimes you got to know when you've lost the fight <laughs> and Yoda's already there. He's already lost the fight. Yeah. I almost feel like Yoda, um, actually even wants her to come back. Uh, he doesn't say anything, but you just kind of have that feeling, man, maybe he wants her to come back. And you're right about the whole, her almost wanting to look, she, she learned from the Marta sisters. It was kind of like a wake up call. Like, wow, this is how people really think of the Jedi. And I, and I think you kind of mentioned this was, you know, she kind of wants to, if she were to come back, show that the Jedi know they're they are good good people, and here's why. You know, so I think there's that part of it, maybe why she wanted to come back, sort of. And then the last thing, Mike, is she doesn't tell the Council what Maul said to her about Skywalker. That's like a huge turning point, right? If she would have said something to them, like, "Hey, this is what Maul said. He's saying yeah. that he sees this vision." So that was a huge thing that she didn't tell. Even Rex is like, "Hey, you didn't say anything about." She's like, "No." So man, that was that's a that's a major thing right there. So, um, uh, so from uh, let's see where are we at here. Um, uh, the Mandalorians bring Maul secured in a mobile cell. Here you go, Mike. Designed to hold Force wielders to the Republic forces. Um, Bo Katan and Ahsoka bid their goodbyes, clearly having earned respect for each other so obviously you see the malls in the box mike and it kind of reminded me of the whole hannibal lecter thing when you see him in silence of the lambs he kind of he's brought out in this crazy contraption kind of the same thing but we find out mike that it's a relic 
uh, used by the Mandalorians way, way back in the day to hold force-wielding maniacs, as Bo-Katan says to Ahsoka, so, and, and also Ursa Ren's there. But yeah, we get this relic, Mike, of this box. What do you think? Yeah, I love it. I yeah. love it. I love that yeah. it's like I thought. I thought this sort of thing was outlawed on Mandalorian. She's like, yeah, yeah, it is. We still got one left. Well, we kept one. We kept one just in case. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, right. Just I love it, man. Case. The visual of it, the very obvious nod to uh, to Hannibal Lecter to to Silence of the Lambs. Um, yeah, uh, which is such a great, you know, like what a great parallel because Maul kind of is. Hannibal Lecter yeah. to Palpatine's uh, 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 Buffalo Bill, right? Because he's like, he's another Sith who's like, hey, I can help you guys mm-hmm. if you if you trust me. And it's like, you can't trust him. He will eat you. Yeah. <laughs> right? The first opportunity he gets, he's going to try and eat you. Um, mm. So you can talk to him, but that's as much as you can do. But even that is dangerous. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What a, what a great... What a great parallel! Um, what a great reference, and uh, and just the visual of that thing. I I wish I could find the tweet. I was trying to find the tweet while you were reading that. Um, but somebody tweeted. I, I don't remember if it was at me or just in general. Where? How do I get a? How do I get this on a phone case? Uh, um, and it okay. is. It's like it's it's so um, reminiscent of the carbonite. Yeah. Yet mm. on this grander scale, mm-hmm. um, and the. The artwork on it is phenomenal. You can go to the episode guide on StarWars.com, and you can see the concept art of it, um, and and really see like up close this this incredible uh, uh, like mural on the front of it of the Mandalorians f- fighting the Jedi essentially, um, yeah, triumphant right. over the Jedi, I should say, right, yeah. and uh, yeah, it's. Uh, it's it's so great. It's such a great concept and such a great such a great piece of art in the episode. And it's just got such like a it's got such a cool vibe to it with the red on the inside and like it just kind of perfectly yeah. suits Darth Maul. Um, Someone said they saw the uh, uh, Tarvisa and the dark saber kind of etched in there somewhere too. I, I don't know if you noticed that. I, I I believe they were talking about the box here. So uh, uh, yeah. He- it it may be Tarvisla. There is definitely in the bottom right corner of it. There is a Mandalorian with a sword, um, mm. but it's yeah. I don't know. It's kind of unclear if that's yeah. meant to be Tarvisla or not. But yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, you know, what, uh, one more thing before you go on. Um, yeah. Just the, just the as they're escorting Maul, there's just like with the music, and we'll talk about the music. I'm sure there's just this constant on the edge of my seat kind of feel to this almost this whole episode just the way the music was going and yeah. like you said very little dialogue in this thing and just that constant like you know something's coming and you're just waiting and just the way the music was playing out it kept you like oh it's coming something's going on you know so very just a lot of people were giving shout outs to kiner obviously just fantastic in these last two episodes but anyway yeah. uh Mike, yeah, let's uh, let's kind of power through a little bit more okay. of this because we're not even at Order sixty six yet. Yeah, um, back on the Republic cruiser, clones report Maul to a uh, transport Maul to a holding cell. Rex and Ahsoka go to the bridge, but Tano's thoughts are elsewhere. She says that Jedi are meant to be peacekeepers, not soldiers. Uh, but war is all she's ever known as a Jedi. 
Rex says that the clones have mixed feelings about the war. Without it, they would not exist. Tano replies warmly, stating that the Republic could not have had better soldiers, nor she a better friend. The two salute each other before Rex departs for the latest briefing. This thing kind of kind of says it all right here. You know, it's like that's all they've known, especially Ahsoka. She came in with the two of them. Uh, right. And yeah, they came in. They've been. This is all they've known. It's yeah. it's yeah, there's an interesting element to Rex because he does look older. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Because yeah. he's a clone. But but in all honesty, I think maturity wise, he's not that different from Ahsoka because mm. they are because their their growth is accelerated right so yeah. um like at this point I think that they've kind of they're, they're equals here right and that's that's one of the things that we're supposed to be getting from this scene is that there's a mutual respect um and uh it's just it's to set up the heartbreak of the next <laughs> few moments yeah I know it is it is I'll, I'll continue uh, from Ahsoka's position on the bridge and Maul's from a cell both sense a disturbance in the force. Something has happened to Anakin. Ahsoka's, uh, Ahsoka hurries to find Rex, who is at the end of his briefing, which Palpatine closes with a new command, execute Order 66. Wow, Mike, you know, you yeah. see obviously the power of, of Maul, but also Ahsoka, she's able to, to feel this. You hear Anakin, uh, Hannigan's voice and, and you hear Mace Windu and you hear Palpatine and it's just oh it's all right there you can visualize it as she's hearing the uh, the, the word so and then we get Order 66 um, go ahead Mike you want, should we keep yeah. going? Yeah we'll keep uh-huh. going Ahsoka begins to tell Rex of her fears that something terrible has happened but he only looks forward gripping his helmet intensely before dropping it then two clones behind Ahsoka raise their weapons no, shouts Rex, I'll do it. Tano, confused, tries to talk sense into her friend, but to no avail. Rex points his blaster at Ahsoka, muttering something about fives before firing. So that's the key. This is the key, is, the, is what he says about fives. Um, yeah, yeah. It's gonna, and it, it's gonna lead to, uh, to, to his rescue, essentially. Well, it's, it's cool. It's, it's, it's just so powerful to see him like he's he takes his helmet off and he sh- you can see him shaking and he pulls his blasters out and, and he's shaking. You could see he's fighting it, man. He's just like, he's trying to fight this thing and he just can't do it. So, uh, yeah, uh, Tano leaps, uh, toward her friend tackling him as the other clones open fire. She deflects their shots, uh, back killing them. Then flees as more troopers enter the bridge. As the dust settles, Rex commands his troops to go execute Maul. Then reiterates Palpatine's directive. All Jedi are to be executed for treason. And any clone that does not comply will also be killed. He then dispatches the soldiers to hunt down Ahsoka. So, so here's the thing: How does you know a lot of Order sixty six? You saw Kiadi Mundi; he put up a good fight, but it was just ultimately just too many um, blasters, and he really had nowhere to go. Here's Ahsoka; she's able to, with Rex's yeah. help, um, you know, is able to do it and get away. And she has that moment where she can escape. So that's. I just liked how they did that. You know, it's not like, oh, she just gets away. There's a reason that this is how she gets away. Yeah. Rex fighting it and giving her just that split second, Mike, of just what she's got to do. So anyway, um, yeah. go ahead. Good. Ahead. Yeah. And, and I think Rex only has that ability to, to he's, he has that conflict in him because he knows what's happening. Yeah. Right. He he doesn't necessarily know the details of Order 66, but he does know about the control chip. So. Mm-hmm. He's he's 
yeah he he <laughs> he's fighting it actively yeah. um and that gives ahsoka the leverage to to do what she does it's so great how she how she deflects everything sort of like in that circle and so that she can she can escape through the through the 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 duct basically yeah um, right, right. Yeah. yeah. It just kind of goes to show that Ahsoka has become a very formidable Jedi. Um, oh yeah. And, and, uh, and, and yeah, she's learned a lot from Anakin and Obi-Wan. Oh man. Um, awesome. uh, the clones arrive at Maul's cell and the Zabrak's eyes race with fear. They open his coffin like chamber ready to destroy him. But Ahsoka Tano soon appears knocking the soldiers unconscious. Don't make me regret this. She says freeing Maul. Um, I love how. Uh, oh, sorry. Read this next part, and then and then we'll talk about it. Okay. Uh, Maul assures her that this is not his doing, but says he has felt death when Tano says that her clones turned against her. Maul seems almost impressed. Brilliant, he says, as his uh, of his master's plot. He turned the Jedi's own army against them, but Ahsoka will not team up with Maul. She only wants him uh, to cause chaos. And create division. So this was the question I had last few episodes: yeah. was how much did he know? We kind of find out here that I guess he didn't know exactly everything. But I just love the fact that he's like during this time, he's like almost relishing and smiling, like man, that dude. You know, props to that dude because that was an unbelievable plan. He's almost like like laughing and, and smiling. Man, this dude is legit. <laughs> so yeah. I just thought it was funny. Uh, you had some thoughts on that? No, yeah, that's exactly, and, and I, 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 it, it's great that Maul is like he's he's kind of reveling in it. Yeah, um, right, right. And Ahsoka right. takes note of this; like, she definitely has a reaction to that aspect of it. Um, and then when he's like, "Well, I, I, you know, give me a sporting chance," or like, "I, be, I could," I don't know. What he says like it'd be a lot more more helpful mm-hmm. with one of your sabers or whatever yeah and she's like uh hey buddy Fighting look chance, yeah. Yeah. i'm uh i'm not i'm not rescuing you you're a diversion like go go create a distraction so that i can rescue myself yeah um, right. right yeah uh here i'm gonna continue uh tano moves through the ship and finally finds a group of droids r7a7 rgg1 and ch33p they agree to help her, and she asks one astromech to bring up every file on fives. She discovers a recording of a Kaminoan cloner discussing an inhibitor chip malfunction, and then opens Rex's confidential grievance report using Anakin's password. In the report, Rex says there's a possibility that the inhibitor chips have a purpose that we don't fully understand. Um, so great, we see R7, which is a droid that we have seen in the past. Um, but then uh, these uh, uh, GG and uh, and cheap. I don't know if GG is a returning character, uh, but no. uh, but cheap is not the same model because because Chopper is uh, is a uh, he's a C he's a C one ten P. I so this is a CH, but but a similar astromech droid model to uh, to to Chop. Um, mm-hmm. which is great. And, uh, once again, voiced by Dave Filoni himself. Yeah. So, uh, great, great new character. Uh, no spoilers on, on, uh, Cheap's fate in the next episode. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah. I love it. I love the design. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. And we find out too about, you know, fives, uh, obviously, um, 
you know, it was found out that he had a malfunction a while ago, and and Rex is the one who um, filed the grievance because the Jedi were okay with it. You know, they uh, the community ones came to him and said, hey, this one's, I don't know about him. And they're like, no, no, he's cool, you know, whatever. And Rex is the one that filed the grievance and, and was worried about, hey, what's going on with this dude? And he actually made, he made a recording about the in- inhibitor chip. So that was some interesting stuff to, to find out about Rex, just how... I guess involved he was in this and trying to get this thing out there. So, uh, meanwhile, Maul makes his way through the cruiser, obliterating all in his path. He holds onto a comm link from a fallen soldier, allowing him to monitor Republic Cheddar. And Mike, this is just a flat out, you know, Darth Vader at the end of a Rogue One where he's just going nuts. I mean, yeah. here's Maul just just tearing up everybody, using different moves and using the the, 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 the uh, stuff around the walls and just yeah, yeah it's so it was, good. Yeah, it's so crazy. good. Look, yeah. uh, if you didn't if you didn't have an appreciation of Darth Maul prior to this, then uh, yeah, man, yeah. <laughs> uh, th- this is this is this is Maul kind of at in one of his best moments. I think. Uh, yeah, it's so good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'll continue. Uh, as Rex continues to search for Maul and Tano, one of Ahsoka's droids suddenly blocks his path. Then the other astromechs seal the blast doors around him. R7A7 plays a transmission from Ahsoka who says that she's seen Rex's report on Fives. The clones were programmed to turn on the Jedi. I can help you, she says to Rex. When Tano reveals herself standing right behind Rex, a droid stuns the commander and they carry him to the medical bay. Thank goodness for droids, hey? I, <laughs> right? I, yeah, it... I, Even cheap, yeah. 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 This re- the, all of this really makes up for R2 doing nothing to stop Anakin in mm-hmm. uh in revenge of the sith because because yeah. r2 just kind of stands by and lets everything happen yeah um yeah mm-hmm. uh speaking of droids this, the droids scan rex looking for the chip but time is running out as the clones work on opening the door unable to detect a foreign device as Silken gently touches rex's face and repeats the words i am one with the force and the force is with me soon rex chants in unison and the chip appears on screen R7, get him under it and remove that thing, Ahsoka commands, unsure if he'll survive the procedure. So there you go, a, a, kind of a nod to cheer at Mway. Um, and I think she's tapping into the Force Mike to find out where that chip is, somewhat, mm-hmm. some way. Um, and he kind of repeats that. Uh, Rex, obviously, he's under the, he's not conscious at that point. But um, is that kind of what you're getting from that particular scene? She's just really trying to focus? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. she was kind of assisting in some way. Mm, okay. Um, yeah, go ahead. Go Sorry, ahead. Wait, wait, wait. Tano? Tano yeah. Ready? yeah, Tano readies yeah. her lightsabers as the clones break through. She deflects their attacks with amazing skill and precision, but there are too many, and the blasts drive her back. Suddenly, however, the clones fall as cover shots are fired from behind her, and R7 locks the door. Uh, Rex, walking, uh, waking from the surgery, saved his friend. He apologizes for what he had tried to do and relays the horror of Order 66. Oka, Ahsoka, uh, it's all of us, he says. The entire Grand Army of the Republic has been ordered to hunt down and destroy the Jedi Knights. And it closes on that scene, Mike. But we do get the return of Rex. Uh, he saves Ahsoka at that point and um, sets up the, the crazy finale that we're going to get uh, next week. So... Um, great episode, though. I, 
I'm, I guess I won't say much because um, we'll have the next episode to talk about it. But, man, just a, a really good episode. So can't wait to talk about the end. Uh, any any final thoughts on this episode? Uh, yeah, no, I mean, uh, obviously, uh, it's a it's a heartbreaker. Yeah, uh, sure. Uh, but we know it's coming <laughs> right um yeah. it is nothing compared to the final episode though i i this whole thing is just so like the whole siege of mandalore arc it's just so well done it's so well mm. executed from start to finish um yeah. but yeah, really just, this is yeah. this is the yeah. action this is this is the one that that uh that really i mean the next episode has a lot of really cool action as well but uh man that, yeah, yeah. There are so many great moments. We've talked about. I think we've talked about everything. But yeah, no, it's, it's just so it's a, yeah. This whole this whole arc has been you know it's just top of the top right there. You know you t- you're talking about the way it looks, the way they the action is is animated and the voice acting and the music. I mean it's just it's it's at the top of its game right now. So uh, we got some mailbag too, huh? <clears throat> yeah, I I asked on on social media. Order six has come to the Clone Wars. Uh, what did you think of the penultimate episode? And uh, we got a lot of responses. Austin Lee Goodner over on Facebook said, it was amazing. I was drawn into it. And then by the time it was over, I was wanting more. Glad mm. I don't have to wait a full week, excuse me, to see the new episode. Been listening to you guys since the beginning and have loved the reviews so far on the Clone Wars. Can't wait to hear your guys' thoughts on it. Uh, well, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, and then uh, Martin Nellman what an amazing episode and arc overall. The animation, the lighting, the staging of action, the blocking, yeah. the voice acting, the music, that, yeah. the editing are all <laughs> at a level that exceeds anything that has come before from Lucasfilm Animation, which already had a fantastic track record. If Lucasfilm yeah. were to stop making theatrically theatrically released films for like 10 years and just focused on making more television shows like The Mandalorian, CW, and Rebels, I think we'd all be okay with that. I don't know if we'd all be okay with that, but I definitely wouldn't have that much of a problem. I would much rather get this quality every week yeah. than um, yeah. than a movie every couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, for sure. Um, and then over on Twitter, uh, Daniel Webb at dr underscore web twenty two. Uh, another amazing episode in this arc. Call out to the Guardians of the Wills while looking for the chip. Uh, Maul, sh- oh, yeah. she says, uh, I'm one with the force and the force is with me. Uh, yeah. Maul showing why it's so hard to kill him. Very difficult to watch clones with Ahsoka painted helmets trying to kill the very person they respect so much. I mean, like, that's the thing when we first saw those helmets. Is yeah. Yeah. We knew where it was going, right? Um, right. Yeah. And this uh, even plays more into the next episode yeah, with the... For with sure. The, yeah, yeah, for sure. We'll talk about that next episode. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and Dan Walsh, at Wanna Pineapple uh, on Twitter, very emotional in parts. The moment when the music from Revenge of the Sith starts and the clones turn as well as when both Ahsoka and Maul felt Anakin's turn mm. caught me yeah. off guard in a great way. I was also very surprised when I checked afterward to find that, uh, that Order 66 happens barely 10 minutes in. Uh, and then uh, AP Flores uh, at AP Flores zero four one three says I was left speechless. My heart was racing throughout. I was yelling, "No Rex, fight!" I had uh, Ahsoka not have had two had Ahsoka not had two lightsabers, she would have died. Her skill level is so impressive. Had to rewatch the Rebels episode that it reintroduced Rex. He said he made a choice. You can see the struggle. Uh, one yeah. more thing he tweeted uh-huh. again. One more thing I got chills when Rex responded. Lord Sidious. Um, yeah, pretty good. 
I mm. and then uh, Thomas Hunsicker uh, at T Hunsicker uh, on Twitter. Uh, this episode almost broke me watching the faces of Rex and Ahsoka. Crying face Ahsoka's. Oh, uh, sorry. That's I think that's an emoji. Uh, crying face emoji. Ahsoka's saber skills are still my favorite. She destroys with those two blades. She really does. Um, yeah, that's another thing too about her yeah. her power in these in this in this episode, and then we'll talk about in the next episode. Just with her able to feel the force and what's going on, her yeah. skills like she's hasn't dropped a cent. In fact, she seems like she's grown in the force, which is. You know, for not being around or for leaving the order, it's like, wow, that's yeah. that's pretty impressive. So, man, it's really good to have all these stuff too. Austin, Martin, uh, Daniel, Dan, AP Flores, Thomas, thank you guys for uh, letting yeah. us know your thoughts because it's always good to hear what other people are thinking about this episode. So keep them coming, man, next yeah, episode. For sure. Yeah, we definitely yeah. want to hear what everybody has to say about the final episode and about the season and the series overall. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. I well next week uh, next week we're gonna talk about victory and death the final episode of Star Wars the Clone Wars and this time I think we really mean it um, <laughs> this is the third series finale for Star Wars the Clone Wars so I uh, hopefully yeah. it sticks this time maybe uh, I don't know if that's the right thing maybe to not say, but yeah <laughs> um, yeah I'm good I think that we've told all of the stories we need to tell in the Clone Wars but yeah uh, no, yeah we'll talk about that next week yeah yeah, yeah. I. Mm-hmm. Here's the description. Ahsoka and Rex must use their wit and skills to survive the turbulent end of the Clone Wars. Um, and, uh, yeah, obviously they do. We all know that. But yeah. uh, but what a great episode seeing how they do. And what a way to finish the Clone Wars. We'll talk more about that next week. Um, yeah. But uh, that does it for this week. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, if you want to stay up to date with all the latest Star Wars animation news, you can do that by heading to Rebel Cells. Dot com. Uh, you can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Podcast and on Twitter and Instagram at rebelcells. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at arkwolf, A-R-K-W-U-L-F. And you can follow Matt at the crankster. That's crankster with a K. Uh, you guys know we're part of the Thunderquack Podcast Network. Head to thunderquack.com to check out all the other great podcasts in the network. And if you like what you heard, you can support us in three different ways. First is by going to the podcast service of your choice and leaving a rating and review so that other people know that we're out there. Uh, second is by going to store.thundercrack.com and picking up some merchandise. I'm actually going to have uh, – uh, my plan is to put up a couple of new pieces of merch over the next few weeks, um, and I'm going to work on one. I'm, I'm going to put up three new shirts uh, on Friday night. Um and one of them will be Star Wars themed. So head to store.thunderquack.com uh, to check that out when it does go live. Uh, and that's just a little bit of a tease there. Um, uh, and last but not least, you can head to patreon.com slash thunderquack and kick in with your monthly pledge of support to uh, uh, get some cool rewards uh, in the process. Uh, and uh, thank you to everybody who does support us over on patreon.com. Uh, we greatly you. appreciate you. You, yeah. guys, you guys are the best. Um, and, uh, the support recently has been awesome. You guys have, have been really great this year. Um, and, uh, and, and that really means a lot. So, uh, thank you everybody for listening and we will be back next week for victory and death. See you next week. Mm-hmm.